Welcome back to the Brilliant Perspectives podcast. I'm your host, Jaylen Bowden, here with you for another episode of Learning Powered by the Heart. You know, I've heard it said that what you think about God is the most important thought you'll ever have. And I like to think of it this way. If I believe that God is only happy to be with me when my behavior is perfect, that I'm probably going to find myself bombarded with thoughts of being unworthy when I don't get things right. But if I believe that God is delighted to walk with me, to patiently show me his ways, and to lovingly pick me up when I fall, then those negative thoughts don't stand a chance against my identity in Christ. Because what we believe about God is exactly what we're going to look for in our own lives. So let me ask you this. What do you believe about the goodness of God? Let's dive in today as Graham breaks down what it means to experience the glory of God's goodness. Did you realize that every day you should feel overwhelmed? The real question is, what are we going to be overwhelmed by? We can either be overwhelmed by our circumstances or shame or guilt or powerlessness and so on or we can be overwhelmed by the goodness of God and we get to choose. The fruit of goodness is about looking after someone's welfare, acting with honor, being favorable towards someone, blessing them, lifting them up, giving them a divine advantage and that's exactly how God plans to be with you. He's in your life for your welfare, your blessing, and He gives you His divine advantage, full of His glorious goodness towards you. When Moses asked to see the glory of the Lord, uh, I think it's in Exodus chapter 33, God answered him in verse 19 by saying, I will make all of my goodness pass before you. And that goodness was going to be so overwhelming that Moses' human frame would not have been able to survive it. The glory of God's goodness was so amazing that Moses' face shone and everyone saw it. (laughs) He had to wear a veil sometimes. I mean, can you imagine that? Goodness so powerful, so glorious, that it's beyond our capacity to contain. So we have this divine advantage that Moses didn't have. We are a new creation in Christ. And our lives are all about living in the fullness of God's glory, of His goodness. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image, that is, from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Paul wrote to the church of Corinth that in Christ, the veil, the separation between God and man, had been completely taken away. And that puts being in His goodness at the top of the list of who we are and who we are becoming. I think goodness is really powerful. And I think it's a primary catalyst for repentance. Romans 2 verse 4 says, 
Do you despise the riches of his goodness, his forbearance and patience, not knowing that it's the goodness of God that leads you to repentance? The Holy Spirit is giving us a pretty strong admonition there. Don't despise the power of goodness. And certainly, don't resort to condemnation of behavior as a way to turn people's hearts back to the Lord. There is no condemnation in Christ. And it's the outrageous goodness of God is what captivates people with who God really is. Look, beloved, you can't escape the goodness of God. Psalm 23, 6, surely, the word surely means absolutely, positively, no question about it. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. That means you can't outrun the goodness of God. It isn't just present on the days you behave well, and it doesn't leave you on the days that you don't. It will follow you. It will track you down. It will pursue you all the days of your life. David certainly knew a thing or two about life not turning out the way he expected. He had a promise of being king of Israel one day and then spent years in the wilderness fleeing from Saul's insane jealousy to kill him. And yet David wrote in Psalm 27, 13, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Isn't that amazing? And later he would write in Psalm 145, verse 7, They shall utter the memory of your great goodness and sing of your righteousness. When you feel pressed by circumstance, it's a moment of truth to choose. What will you be overwhelmed with? What will you allow to bubble up from inside of you? Will it be the memories of God's great goodness? Or will it be a fear or a worry? You have to come to terms with that relentless goodness. Goodness simply will not leave you alone. So instead of trying to talk the Lord out of His goodness towards you, how about just receiving it?